The world is changing rapidly. Empowerment is happening actively. Now is the best point in time to connect, share our unique stories. Through life experiences, we're learning from others and discovering our limitless potential, challenging our beliefs and aligning our action to our values, embracing our emotions and transforming ourselves so we can transform the world. Will we trust the progress? Brian Kane is a mental performance mastery coach and the creator of the mental performance mastery system. And really I'm a teacher and I like to use the term coach and teacher and mentor interchangeably. But the one that probably hits me the strongest is being a teacher. And I help teach strategies to allow people to unlock their potential and close the gap from where they're, where they are to where they want to be. I think a big mistake that people make is they think that life is a talent game. They think that your success in anything that you do comes down to some level of talent that you have. And although talent is a factor, the biggest factor is strategy. And what I've tried to uncover is what are the key strategies within the area of the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery that will allow you to develop those 10 skills that you need to succeed in anything that you do. In my research and my experience has shown me that whether you're talking about athletics, if you're talking about the corporate world, if you're talking about education, these 10 skills are paramount and critical for you to become the best version of yourself and to get the results that you're looking for. That's really interesting, Brian Kane. So tell me a little bit more about how this came about. What was that pivotal moment in your life that led you to create this, this concept? Yeah, the pivotal moment in my life was I was college baseball's biggest failure as an athlete. I went to the University of Vermont with a lot of expectations and a lot of scholarship, and I got zero results. And that drove me crazy. I felt like I let my coaches down. I felt like I let my teammates down. I felt like I underachieved. And for somebody who tries to be a high achiever, when you underachieve and you get your tail kicked, you go looking for answers to find out why so that one, you can not do that anymore. And two, you can help other people on their journey to not make the same mistake that you did. And the reason why I failed was not because of an attitude. It was not because of a work ethic. It was not because I didn't do the work. I did probably too much work and that's why I was hurt all the time. But it was because my focus was off. And it's not that I was distracted spending time playing video games and watching TV and in the bars. It was because I just focused on things that I could not control. I focused so much on the outcome instead of the process to get there. I was focused too much on trying to get an outcome in the future instead of what I was doing in that moment. I was focused too much on trying to get approval of others instead of living in alignment with a set of principles that dictated my behavior. So because I was untrained in the aspect of mental performance and in high school, athletic success came easy, easy to me because I was just probably bigger than everyone else who was in my area. It's like being the best snowboarder in Mexico. You might be really good, but when you look at yourself on a bigger scale, you're really not. And that's kind of what I experienced growing up in a small town in Massachusetts. So that failure in college sent me on a path 
and I came across a book. I remember it clear as day. It was July 4th, 2000 in a Barnes and Noble across from Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. And I picked up a book, Heads Up Baseball, or that book picked me up. I'm not sure which one it was, but I read the book. I emailed the author, Dr. Ken Revisa, and said, hey, I'm really into this. I want to be a college coach. I want to be a, a teacher. You have a master's degree in this sports psychology and mental game of baseball. And I ended up going from the University of Vermont to Cal State Fullerton, 3,000 miles away, to do a master's with the godfather of sports psychology, Ken Revisa, the master of the mental game of baseball. I'm a grad assistant coach with the Cal State Fullerton Titans baseball team. We win the national championship in 2004. I find out exactly what's the process that I needed to succeed as an athlete. And I've been taking that process and trying to continually refine it, and give it to coaches and athletes and performers so that they can avoid the pain that I went through of underperforming. Wow. Underperforming. So Brian, let me ask, going back, what was a memorable challenge that you overcame and really was able to continuously make progress towards what it is you wanted to become? I think one of the biggest challenges and hurdles I had overcome was having shoulder surgery my junior year as a college baseball player. And when you're a college baseball player, it doesn't matter where you go to school. If you go to the number one team in the country or you go to the number 1,000 team in the country, every male 18 to 22 who plays college baseball thinks they're going to play professionally and make a living doing it, and I was one of them. And when you have a shoulder surgery and the writing's on the wall going, hey, man, your baseball career is over. You're not playing past college. That's kind of a low time where you're hit with the reality of, well, I better start figuring out what I'm going to do with my life because the path I put all my eggs in and that basket just broke. And I think when that happened to me at the time, it was one of the most difficult things I had to deal with. But in hindsight, it was the best thing I had to deal with ever. Best thing that could have happened to me was because it gave me an opportunity while I was still in a safe and structured environment of college to explore other avenues of my life. And I think I just simply took the passion that I had for being an athlete in baseball and I put it into a passion for teaching and serving others. A passion for teaching and serving others. I love how you really took that challenge and turned it into an opportunity so going back and you had to do this all over again you have this shoulder injury what piece of advice would you give to yourself to really make sure that you were on a path that was meant for you that was aligned to your purpose message i would give to myself i think is control you can control attitude is a decision and don't count the days, make the days count. I think at a young age, I spent too much time fantasizing about the end result, the outcome, the top of the mountain, and I missed the journey to the top of the mountain. I missed the journey and the beauty that comes with just living where your feet are. Living where your feet are. I love that. Brian Kane, I, I appreciate you sharing your story, your journey. I, I love to hear about those 10 pieces of strategies and that would be something that would be very beneficial for people just to take and take action towards today so please share those those 10 areas to allow people to kind of really re-examine areas that they can improve on their performance today sure man i think regardless of the performer that you are athlete educator corporate executive if you want to close the gap, and we all have a gap, and if you're sitting there listening to this going, oh, I don't have a gap, have the honest conversation with yourself that you have a gap between where you are and where you want to be. We all do. That's part of the human condition. 
And to close that gap, you have got to develop skill. And if you think about mental toughness, mental performance, there are 10 skills that when you combine them, it makes the skill set of mental toughness, mental performance. And there's drills that you do that I cover in my mental performance mastery coaches certification. And I cover in my 30 days to mental performance mastery athletes program, which you can get at briancane.com that goes through the drills that you can do to develop these 10 skills that make the skill set of mental performance mastery and mental toughness. So let me give them to you. Skill one is you have an elite mindset. You understand the difference between growth and fixed. You understand that your attitude is a decision that you can be, have, and do anything you want, that you are not static and stuck. You are dynamic and you can grow. Step two or pillar two is the levels of motivation and commitment. That motivation and commitment is a skill that needs to be trained. It's like a muscle. You have to develop it and work it out daily or it becomes stagnant. Pillar number three is focus and awareness. And your focus determines your future and what you're aware of you can control and what you're unaware of will often control you. Pillar four is self-control and discipline. And discipline we know equals freedom and discipline is the key that unlocks all doors. Discipline has been hijacked and turned into a negative term like a parent's going to discipline you if you don't do this. But if you have discipline, you never need to get disciplined. So discipline is your ability to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it to the best of your ability long after the urge of wanting to do it has passed. Pillar five, keeping the process over the outcome because how you do anything is how you do everything and excellence in small things leads to excellence in all things. So you never actually eat the elephant, you just keep biting and that's a value of the process. Pillar six is meditation and mental imagery. Meditation to control yourself and be in the present moment and control that monkey mind that we all have at times where mental imagery is your ability to create things because everything happens twice, first in your mind, then in reality and to have that clear vision of where you want to go. And as we know from the Bible, without a vision, the people will perish. Pillar seven is routines and habits of excellence. And you truly become what you do on a daily basis. So we want to focus on doing a little, a lot, not a lot, a little, and becoming those machines of consistency to get the results that we want. Pillar number eight is time management and organization. And the one factor that's the same for everyone walking the planet, everyone listening to this, you, myself, everyone is that we have 168 hours in a week, 86,400 seconds in a day, and you're either going to spend time or waste time or you're going to invest it. Let's be investors, not spenders. Pillar nine, leadership, and your ability to build trust and have influence and impact over others so that you can take them where they want to go and can't go by themselves. But you have to develop that skill of leadership. And pillar 10 is creating the right culture. And cultures are a byproduct of the mission, the collective vision, and the set of core principles that dictate behavior. And if you're going to create the right culture for you to succeed, you've got to make decisions and behavior out of principle, not preference. Preference is like water. I take the easy path. Principle is always the right path. The right path is not always the popular path, but it is the right path. So we want to make sure that our culture internally, individually, and collectively is driving us out of principle, not out of preference. Because preference won't take you where you want to go, but principles will take you anywhere you want to go.